0: Hello and welcome to the Surplus Geek Podcast. I'm Jake and today I am joined by Gage from G.I. Jones. So, all right. So, we're good. <laughs> not good at this. We're going to start this off with just talking about who you are because I, you don't have the largest Instagram, but I, I think you should. So, if you're not following him, go follow him. But, anyways, who are you? Appreciate that. Me.
1: Well, other than my, well, other than my name i am the gi jones um i guess i can really just get into uh kind of the background um where i'm from and uh, what i do so um for me it's tennessee um 25 years old um uh, my day job is i work at commercial sales at a place called uh tenere industries we actually make a uh, cold weather uh uniforms and sleeping bags for the uh, military and also oh, that's our, cool too. yeah so uh we make the uh the extended cold weather clothing system we make oh. the weather uh, uh, the layer uh, five six and seven uh, uniforms and also like cold weather sleeping bags and besides that i'm also a uh, volunteer firefighter i've been in the uh, fire service for seven years now so that's that's something i also do and then the big thing, and probably the reason why I'm here, is uh, my primary hobby, uh, which has to do with uh, military reenacting and collecting, um, with the uh, big draw, I guess, my Instagram account, uh, the GI Jones, which I started a few years ago, about three years ago. Um, so how th- how this thing came along was uh, or my interest, I guess. We'll, we'll go back that far. Yeah. So it started with watching war movies with my dad. You know, he was really big into that stuff, watching like Kelly's uh, heroes. Oh and, yeah. You know, the dirty Dozen. And you know, the, the, the old the school, classics. Yeah. The classic war flicks, right.
0: I feel that's that. where yep. it
1: started. Yeah. And then as I got older, you know, started getting to the more recent movies, like, like my favorites, probably like saving private Ryan and, you know, band of brothers, you know, those. And, and that's what kind of drew me into the, uh, the uh, European theater of operations in world war two, like that's my primary interest is world war two and in the European theater. So that, that's kind of what has cemented that in my mind. And so for a while I'd collect stuff, you know, being a kid, you know, you get your M one helmet and, you know, some web gear and stuff to run around and play that, that kind of thing. I did that with my brothers and then for a while, I just went on the back burner and, you know, growing up, you know, living your life and all that thing. And then, um, what seriously got me into it, doing it seriously, other than you know, casually, was uh, an event. I, I saw a World War II reenactment group that was, um, that was local to my area, and I had no idea these guys existed. It's the uh, 501st group, which is uh, based out of East Tennessee, the Knoxville area. Which we have guys from all the surrounding states, like Alabama, Georgia, the Carolinas, you know, Kentucky, that that sort of thing. But mostly, everybody's from East or West, of uh, well, this Tennessee in general. So uh, I approached these guys. Uh, I was interested and joined the unit. Uh, my application, filled it out, they sent it all. Uh, this is where this whole wormhole began. So I became a <laughs> member of this unit, and first, you know, they give me a list you know gear to acquire you know uniform uh uniform gear you know weapons that kind of thing so some of the stuff i already had just through just randomly collecting i'll just get stuff here there you know just whatever caught my eye that was interesting so um that's that's where that started and then uh, it's just like a bug that just bit me like as soon as i started learning about these things i just wanted to learn more and oh yeah and Also purchasing gear, once you start, you just, you don't stop. You just keep collecting because you're like, I got this, but I need this. And it's always something new. You you always see something else you need. And I find myself doing that a lot, especially if I choose to do like a particular impression or something. I'm like, you know, I already have most of this stuff. It's usually I have the majority of the things that I need. It's just like just one thing I don't have that I need. So it's like a bug really. So,
0: um, Oh yeah, that's for sure though.
1: Yeah, so going on from there, um, trying not to get too long winded here. But now um, you're good. <laughs> so I finally throw my first impression, my first uh, kit together for my unit. You know they they approve it and everything, and so you know, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Around that time, it had been a couple months, and uh, I thought, well, you know what, I have enough uniform and gear thrown together. Well, just for the heck of it, I just made another Instagram account because I already have a private Instagram. And so I thought, well, what if I just made a public one, just posting this just for the heck of it? I wasn't aware of how big of a community there was on Instagram as far as living history and uh, reenacting or just military in general related things on there. I wasn't really aware of it until uh, I made an account. So starting that, I posted my first impressions, obviously not so good, you know, two, three years on from, you know, before now, but uh, you know, I can say they've improved. <laughs> but through doing that, I've met a lot of people, a lot of interesting, good people. You know that that even though this a lot of this stuff is just a hobby. You know, people take it very seriously, and they're very dedicated to it. And a lot of people they want to do things right. they and uh, so I strive to be somebody like that. Not about the the likes and the followers and that kind of thing, but I try to aim to do something right and respectfully as I can. So, and that's kind of where I've got to now slowly just building up a fallen. And I've met, a, like I said before, I've met a lot of nice people along the way. And then there's people that's really helped me out with things. So, um, I, I can kind of say that's a brief rundown of where I've started to as where I'm at now. So,
0: yeah. And, and, and uh, I will say, uh, a, yes, I agree. Your bank account starts to get depleted real quick when you start to buy stuff. Uh, that's what that's what happens i i don't you know I, i'm not gonna say anything because i'll get in trouble but it you, you start you, you just you need to continue to just to have it if you have this you need that and then that comes with this and then you know it just comes down the line but uh you know when it comes to the instagram thing you know i think that's why your instagram is so good even though like again like you said you don't have all the likes and all that and stuff although you should. Um. Is that you're just genuine? You just you're just going out there making good content, and you're just putting up there. The the problem with Instagram right now is that it's not it's it's the algorithm for Instagram is not pushing photography. So anyone that and does photography focus is just getting completely you know
1: thrown under yeah
0: yeah. So I think if that wasn't happening, if this was Instagram of three or four years ago, you'd be blowing up because that's you know that's how it was back in the day uh, with Instagram, and I miss that as well. But and and I.
1: And I thought the whole point of Instagram is, you know, it's supposed to be photography focused. That's the whole point of it. And me personally, um, I'm interested in photography in general, you know, not just doing this stuff, but just in in general, I'm interested in photography. So that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, I brought what I have to Instagram. So.
0: Yeah, no, and you're right. I mean, it was that was the point of, and then a certain program called TikTok came along and just completely threw yeah. everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I feel you on that because I, I started off just doing the things that I did, and, and I've now had to realize that you know now I got to do reels and I got to do all this stuff that I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm having a hard enough time right. making videos. Right. Just to just
1: to get you right, right. Just to put yourself out there enough, like, and like to expose yourself to everything you can.
0: Yeah and you know um you know it it is what it is i i i don't really care that much i just, i talked about instagram a lot in the last ep- the last episodes so i'm not going to go into too much here but um you know but yeah um i'm trying to process information here so totally same thing for me with the whole watching movies and stuff i i grew up in the same exact movies obviously you know battle of the bulge was was the one one of the most historically inaccurate movies, but man, is it fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's such a good movie though, because you got people like Henry Fonda, who I'm a huge Henry Fonda fan. Um, just the the act the A list actors in that film is just it's so good, but it's so bad at the same time.
1: One of the one of the movies I've watched recently that I hadn't went back and seen in a while was uh Battleground nineteen forty nine. I think that's what it's called. I might, I might've butchered the name there, but it's the, it's the, uh, movie about the 327th Lighter infantry during the battle of the bulge. Mm. And it's a film that was made shortly after world war two. And, you know, you take in consideration how hokey, you know, Hollywood was back then, you know, looking from a perspective now, you know, trying to pick apart, you know, how accurate this thing is, um, and like we were talking earlier about, you know, entertainment values as for as those things, go, uh, I find myself a lot now, like really nitpicking movies. On, like, oh, yeah. Historical accuracy. Like I, I've i turned into one of those guys, like a, a stickler <laughs> for historical accuracy. If I'm watching a movie, somebody's watching it with me. Like, I won't let them enjoy the movie. I'll just point it out. Not just <laughs> in war films, but like period films in general. Yeah. Outside of that, I'm also interested in just um, just history in general. So. Like i can sit there and I'll just pick things out I'm like this is wrong, this is wrong, they wouldn't have that, they wouldn't have this, so you know in a way in a way, I kind of ruin it for myself instead of just like, all right, it's just a movie, just enjoy it, but if you see something, you know it's wrong you, you just you can't get it out of your mind, so
0: yeah, just I feel, one of those I feel things. that it, it's it's t- I actually try I try to reprogram my brain because i do I do the same thing and I'm like, oh man, I got to because there's just certain movies out there where like you'll see people with, like uh the YouTube videos on them and you're like like it's the worst movie ever. Midway is a good example of that. The new Midway, the 2019 release, I think it was 2019. I have not um, seen that. Oh, it's actually a really good movie and it's a lot of it CGI, but it's a really it's a, I'm a I'm a big CGI guy, so like I I I dabble in that world. And it's oh, good I, CGI. So
1: the the
0: like practical
1: versus CGI effects, I mean it depends if you can do it right,
0: yes, yeah.
1: If it looks believable enough, then I'm okay with it. I don't know, me, for the most part, like I like seeing like practical stuff. Oh, practical yes, effects. You know, that's that's a thing that that I've always been into. You know, it, it takes a lot of work to do that. So, and then you know, for production and stuff, it comes down to your, you know, a bottom dollar is what it comes to you know, what's practical to do and what's not, you know. So, especially, you know, nowadays.
0: Well, I mean, even even just like, um, you look at, like, Kelly's Heroes to Save Private Ryan, they take a T-34 and mock it up to look like a tiger. It's not perfect, but it works. and
1: Believable enough.
0: It's believable. And then you look at a movie like Fury, where, I don't know what your opinions are on Fury, but I'm not a really big fan of that movie, personally, because I uh, feel like it missed an opportunity to really show some good tank combat, instead of just having tiger in the open you know
1: yeah as, as far as the accuracy for the yeah okay uh, it was cool seeing like all the stuff on screen you know yeah. seeing an actual tiger on screen as far as that goes like you know seeing the sets and uh you know costumes and what well, you know vehicles and stuff you know they brought in for that you know it's it's cool to look at but as far as yeah yeah, was I like mean, the tiger scene, for example, yeah, it's yeah, pretty
0: hokey. It's pretty, and I don't, I just, that movie was, it was good, but it was, like, bad at the same time. I don't like the whole, oh, we're going to introduce, like, a love story, and then immediately, spoiler alert! by the just way, kid. she dies. And you're like, <laughs> right. well, that was fun. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, you go, yeah, you go through a whole thing, love story, and then, like, next scene, artillery hits saying then she's dead yeah and you're like oh, yeah, okay, all,
0: you're like, oh all right yeah i it i was, was like very that. disappointed
1: <laughs> the whole point was for the new guy to get some like that was it like that's all that got across
0: they had to put some shell shock into him fast and that's how they were gonna do it uh that and the guy like went on fire shooting himself was a little over the top for me too but yeah that was not like... saying that that wouldn't happen but i'm pretty sure once you get to that level of being covered in flames i feel like you're, you're losing abilities to do things
1: <laughs> feel anything yeah 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 your nerve innings get burnt off you're you're
0: done anyway, Yeah. so i mean if they, one of them would have shot him i would have been more fine with that cuz i if i'm on fire and i'm going to die someone and there's nothing you can do about it put a bullet in me put you know i don't I think the i
1: think the i think the part that bothered me the most was probably the end of that movie like you know the the last stand you know against the whole battalion of germans it's like I don't think I've ever heard of something remotely close to that, like, like happening. That's you it's know, also a waste remotely believable, Yeah. know.
0: That's a full tank crew, just abandon the Sherman and just, you know, just,
1: yeah, just leave. plug
0: the tube or whatever you got to do, put it, you know, put it in a cemetery, you know, whatever Zabel, you got, yeah, right, and right. then just, just retreat, get a new Sherman as long as we didn't have plenty of them,
1: right?
0: You know, I, that was oh, something right. that I was right. like. like
1: Fifty
0: thousand of them. Yeah, and we rebuilt a bunch of them in the field, so it's just like one of those things where it's like I would have just been like, all right, this tank's done, move back in a new one. You know, it's just. Is it really?
1: Yeah, it comes to a, to a points like, eh, is it really worth this?
0: Because a trained crew is is way more uh, valuable than a than a tank. I mean, I know some people don't realize that, but crew, you know, and a crewman in World War II had a better survivability than say infantry or most other, especially bombers, for instance, but.
1: And in, in the way in media, it's not really portrayed that way, you know, cause it's all, you always have the stereotype, the trope of, you know, Shermans being death traps, you know, in it, for this particular example, you know, nothing but, you know, a coffin basically in coffin or Tommy cooker, you know, whatever other nicknames, you know, people would call them. So, and also if you want to go down that rabbit hole with the uh, 75 versus 76 oh, man. Yeah. main guns, you know, the effectiveness, you know, it, you could you could talk about that all day long.
0: I you know it's it, funny too because I, I whenever that conversation comes up and someone tries to argue that like the U.S. made a mistake by not going with the seventy six, I always just bring up that tank commanders right before D-Day said no to the seventy six. We want to keep the seventy five because we already know it. So it's right. like yeah,
1: their, their their crews were already trained on. That's what they were familiar with. They did have the seventy sixes, but they sat in England. Mm-hmm. for some time after d-day anyway. and then they
0: and then they realize okay maybe we do need them but they you know it's funny there's a study um the chieftain talks about it and i'm a big fan of chieftain but there's a study that um that he brought up on one of his things uh, and it was talking about like two i think it was an m10 two m10s taking on some pan, a panzer three and a panzer four i think and they fired only like 10 AP shots the rest of it was like white phosphorus and he and they fired like 56 he rounds because they would just burn out. The, they would just hit them with white phosphorus and then he and then just concuss them out. So yeah, I don't. I I think that's like video games. versus
1: like what people believe versus you know the facts. Yeah, you know, it's a whole it's a whole different ballpark. You know, yeah, people at the end of the day, people they're going to believe what they believe. That it's you
0: know, yeah, definitely it's, for sure. I, I yeah it, you know and it, coming from someone who I'd never deployed, but coming from someone who did serve a little bit, I guess. Um, you know, it, it's the same thing with like being a weekend warrior, being a national guards, but you know, it's, people have this idea of what it is and anyone that's listening, uh, it's not one week in a month, two weeks in the summer. They are lying to you. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's three days. Sometimes it's four day drill to a weekend can be anything. A weekend can be a week. Um, yeah. And, I'm,
1: uh, <laughs> I've got a buddy he's uh from here he's actually uh in law enforcement here the local sheriff's department but he's also in the, the guard too he's with the uh mp outfit so, yeah it's
0: yeah, I, I, and that's not to say people shouldn't join the national Guard. i think the national Guard's fantastic i think it's got a lot of opportunities i know a lot of people have made the most of it you just as my dad always said it's it's the effort that you put in is what you get out so it's if you don't put a lot of effort into it you're not going to get much out of it um you know, and if you want to just do your two, four, six, whatever contract you want to do, just do it. And then just, you know, get out and stuff. But, uh, you know, hopefully I can have some, some people on that were in the National Guard with me. I'd like to have that. This is a reminder to those people they are listening to come on. Um, wow, that's a hand. That's, yeah, that's a, a hand. That's a big hand. <laughs> um, some of them have agreed to and have not showed up. Uh, but anyway, so we'll move back to you. So you you did, you, you do the reenacting, which is awesome. Uh, it's something I always... Looked looked into I always wanted to do i just don't have the time for it unfortunately but um time or energy or money or anything um but you did the reenacting uh you do i mean you you cover pretty much i i would i want to say you cover from like world war ii and your instagram all the way up to what do we say like the 80s or maybe early 90s somewhere in that ballpark
1: or, and that that's like my exact goal uh it's it's weird um my primary focus is world war Two. uh that's one thing i've always been interested in but after that is uh cold war you know 46 yep. to 91 um I, like like you were just saying i dabble in a lot of impressions you know that kind of covered the span of that uh almost 50 years you know, from the early days of the cold war till the end so um you know starting out from guys wearing M 43s to you know bdus so it and that's one thing that really interested me is uh, it, all the different changes that, that happened over that span. how the, uh, the military, in my particular case, you know, why I'm interested in the Army, how the Army evolved from the end of World War II till the end of the Cold War. It's very interesting to see in uh, the uh, uniforms and gear and weapons. and you could, you could go in a lot of uh, – it's a rabbit hole.
0: Oh and yeah, for just, sure.
1: Yeah, that's that that's the best way I can put it. it. It's a rabbit hole. You could pick one impression and you could you could go on forever. You you could you get all the stuff you wanted for an impression, still not have everything. Like Oh yeah. I for the for the most part, I just cover basics, you know, a basic representation. I'm not gonna say it's always I strive for accuracy the best I can, but you also have like practical limits and you know, one of those things comes down to money, obviously. Of course. But um there are things you just can't find that, for example, um, a while back I was building on my Korean war impression and, uh, it's almost next to impossible to find a M48 fishtail parka. Yep. You just cannot find these things. And if you do, it's expensive. I'm six foot, I'm six foot 175 pounds. I'm like a tall lanky guy. The ones I find like on eBay, small for like, you get, you $4, get like $4, a $400. Small, yeah. Short like, thing
0: going on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: like so. I I can't 100 uh, percent accurately do it because I don't I, I don't have that item and I don't have anything to substitute it with. So it, it does have its limitations. So for the most part, I just try to stick basic. So basic representation to give somebody an idea of what a what a, a, a an infantryman or rifleman, you know, or whatever impression it is, you know, an idea of what this person would look like, you know, to give somebody a sense of time and place.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think you do a good job at it. Yeah, yeah. so
1: that's what I aim for. And it's just become an obsession for me, like just from World War II on. And I just find it very interesting. It, and uh, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And not just acquiring items, but doing the research involved. Like I'll sit and look at pictures after pictures. I'll look at them again, and uh, I can look at the same picture 30 times and still see something new yep. every single time. And so when it comes to putting an impression together, uh, it, it comes down to the details. And, uh, th- that's the thing I like to focus on. So it's, uh, it's, it's very
0: interesting. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. It kind of becomes an addiction almost because you just, you can't stop. It just, um, never finished. And it's funny that you bring up like the evolution and stuff. Cause I think that's, I, I've always wanted to do a, a something on the evolution of, of, I guess specifically the army too, cause I kind of focus on the army as well. But, um, Nothing against the Marines, but there's enough people doing Marine content out there. Yeah. But it's funny because you look at like um, field jackets. Field jackets basically stay um, kind of the same almost all the way up to the 2000s when they stop, you know, doing it.
1: If there's a particular item I'm obsessed with, it's field jackets. I love field jackets. I've got my M43. I just recently got an M1950. Jacket. Ooh, that yeah. fits me yes 60 bucks on facebook Ooh. marketplace i snagged that thing awesome i have a m65 you know in the uh the uh og you know the green olive green um i've got uh, a woodland i need and a woodland m65 woodland yeah that, that one's a marine uh marked one it's got the uh the ega stamp oh okay in the, uh, That's breast cool. pocket yeah and that one my father gave me because Along with the war movies and stuff, going back to that, my dad also collected like militaria, you know, for for practical purposes, not as in he was interested in it, but it served a practical purpose because he was an outdoors guy, camping, hiking, okay, that kind yeah. of thing. Because uh, actually, over here in this corner, I have his Alice pack that he gave me. It's eighty six dated medium uh, Alice pack, and this thing's like brand new and. <laughs> He got out of you know the whole outdoor stuff, so he he offloaded some of that stuff onto me, and that goes back to the '65 field jacket too. So I have a tangible connection to that stuff. So that, uh, that's another way that it, it got me interested in collecting this stuff because I saw this like, man, this is a this is a cool backpack, you know, and then you look into it, and you're like, man, you know, this has got a lot of history behind it and stuff. So it it uh in a way that that's how it also relates to my uh, military collecting obsession. I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's again, it's pretty much the same for me. It just my dad served, and you know, he he passed on the stuff that he kept to me and stuff, and I still have some of that stuff. Uh, you know, um, although he wouldn't let me keep his uh, field uniform, his dress uniform, so I don't have that. Uh, I'll have to wrangle that from him at some point. But because he had the old, you know, the greens and stuff, the that I'm not really a big fan of them personally, but I like the new, the new service uniform the army's getting the old school going back to the pinks and greens style. The, yeah, the World War II style. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: they used what was it, the the modern the modern greens so was like fifty four to twenty fourteen, something like something that. Something like that,
0: yeah. And then we were yeah. forced to use uh the ASUs for a while there, the the blue which the ASUs yeah. are alright. They're just kind of a pain. They don't they, they're just kind of boring. They never really looked um See, fantastic.
1: I, I read an article about that a while back. It was discussing like uh like there was a lot of people that were polled about it, and they just didn't feel like it gave them an army identity. Yeah. They felt too compared to like the air force or something like that. Like it just didn't feel like it. Just didn't feel army enough. I guess is the the best way for me to put it. Like where you know using that that particular uniform, it, yeah. like you said, just boring.
0: I, and you know uh couple that with the beret which i've said it multiple times now i don't i don't like the beret i'm just not a fan of the beret i think the beret is fantastic for like the rangers for green berets and for the airborne but the black beret is just for everyone a no one knows how to how to form their beret so it always looks bad and it's just i don't know it's just one of those things where it's like it's supposed to be it, uniformity it, it, and it doesn't fit that
1: right right and and uh um from what I've also read, you know they they implemented that to, I guess, in a way to make everybody feel included because yes. you know, the beret was reserved for like elite forces. Yep. You know, before that, so that uh, was a uh, that,
0: that was it. Yeah, that was the reason. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird when you think about it. Um, but yeah. I, when every, it, oh, sorry, you go. Yeah.
1: When Everybody's special. Nobody's special.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they still have all the training and stuff, so they're still cooler than oh, us. Oh, yeah. yeah no, you know, yeah. they they get colored berets. That's where the, you know, Rangers get the That's tan where, beret. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know you know who you're dealing with when you see the the color of the beret. You're like, oh, okay, this guy is a total BA. Yeah. I'm going to walk yeah. this direction because <laughs> I'm not cool enough. Um, yeah, and I will say it, it was boring. I, I went to, we went to military balls and stuff, and it just, I can't imagine, I, 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 mad that i'm out i'm glad that i'm out but i'm mad that i'm out because i can't imagine what the balls look like when, when once everyone has pinks and greens or whatever we, we're calling them right now uh yeah. it's gonna look awesome it's just gonna be a bunch of dapper dudes and ladies walking around just like
1: and, and it's it's going thrown back to the world war ii you know time period you know our you know our greatest generation era you know a lot of people look back at that with you know nostalgia uh, i mean That can also be a good and bad thing. Yeah, of course. I I don't want to get. I don't want to get into that, but uh, that can be a good (laughs) or bad thing for obvious reasons. But yeah, uh,
0: I know. I I was gonna say that. that I was gonna say it's. That's the only thing that kind of sucks about history is that there's the good side of it and then there's the bad side of it and it's hard to get away from that bad side.
1: It is, but also, like, I mean, you have to acknowledge it too. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure there's people out there that you know. Just cut out all the bad stuff. Here's the good stuff. But, I mean, if it's history, you have to have the good and the bad. I mean, yeah, it, it's all it happened, so it's all there. So, I mean, the best thing you can do is acknowledge, yes, that that's there. It happened, you know. So,
0: yeah, I'd agree with that. And and I think uh, you know, I think people, like you said, people think back on it and they're like, like you have people are like, oh, I'd love to live in the 50s, and I'm over here like, nah, I like living in the modern era because. Medicine and technology and
1: modern yeah, modern medicine.
0: Yeah. Because I back mean, then they were like, just eat more steak and uh you a know, cigarette, you're fine. Smoke, yeah, smoke a cigarette, yeah. Smoke your cigarette you're with good. asbestos filter on it. You'll be good. Don't worry about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're good, man. Don't worry about getting mesothelium on or one cancer. Uh, you don't have to worry about can. that for another yeah,
0: thirty years.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're fine.
0: But yeah, um we've we've really gotten off topic, but that's fine because that's the point of this podcast, uh, pretty much. Um but yeah, you know it's it's funny because again, going back to the uniforms and stuff because yeah, that, it's it's all the same thing. How we've we've kind of gone back on, you know, the dress uniforms and how the the, you know, um, I always think it's funny. Post Vietnam, we go back to OG 107s. I mean, we never really transitioned away from them outside of Vietnam, but you know, all units went back to OG 107s and eventually 507s, sort of, and then you know you Bad. get that old school style uh, uniform that's not so cuz I personally I, I like the look of the OG 107 but the jungle uniform pattern I think is a lot more practical for Cut. combat.
1: And and that's why it was, you know, it was implemented and developed, you know, for for Vietnam, you know, it's yeah. a tropical is purpose-made for that environment when guys um, for example, my my girlfriend, her grandfather, he was a combat engineer in the uh, 299 uh, Combat Engineer Battalion, and he was one of his, his unit was one of the first to deploy in Vietnam in 1965, and he went in wearing the OG 107s leather yep. boots. The the you know the M, well it might have either been the M48 or the McNamara style boots. I, I don't know for sure, but uh, I know they were both floating around that time. But uh, you know went in with that. And I remember him telling me stories of just how ungodly hot it was there, and and that that uniform as a general purpose uh, you know temperate work uniform, yeah, it's great. But you yeah. in an environment like that, it's. I mean, uh, as far as I can remember, it, they were poplin weave, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. were so it was a thicker, it was a thicker weave, but they didn't breathe well and and with the leather boots getting exposed to you know tropic environments they just fall apart right so um and that's and anybody that knows anything about that that's kind of where they were wanting to phase those out for you know having a purpose uniform for that environment and it goes you, you can go back to any conflict you know you have to you, you go in starting with what you have and then slowly throughout changes they implemented to where uh Things are suited for that environment like Korea for example cold weather uniforms for Korea they hadn't really been touched on since World War II and yeah. through the intense and terrible cold winters through Korea you know they came up with a system you know the M51 1951 series you know there's a lot of stuff you know trousers, jackets, shirts that that whole thing that's a, that's a rabbit hole but just for Korea for example you know, the uh, the Revolutionized uh, or basically redone our our cold weather uniforms. You know how, how that's how that's um, implemented, and um, so back um, in Vietnam, that's that's the same thing with the tropical uniforms. So uh, try not to ramble on here. I apologize. That's fine. But, you're good. Uh, you're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah I was trying not to ramble here.
0: Well, I was going to say, I, <laughs> I was going to say you're fine with rambling. I was going to say that. I think it's funny we're talking about this, but you make you work at a facility that makes the modern cold weather gear and, th- that and that completely threw the old system out to the way you know um, wayside
1: right so right now we're making third generation of the uh ec let's see it's hard for me to remember this acronym,
0: ecws so S- or ecwcs E-C-
1: yes ecwcs yeah so right now we're currently making the which also we have this stuff uh for sale commercially yeah of course is, uh, shameless plug I uh,
0: and the, by the, the way the ecwcs it's a fantastic system uh waffle tops are amazing the wet weather tops are amazing um i mean it's really all you need wet weather tops and, and uh waffle tops and you're pretty much yeah. warm and and not wet
1: so yeah it's it's interesting yeah so from korea we used that cold weather system until i believe it was either the 80s or 90s when the first generation of the extended cold weather system was implemented like you said it just completely threw all the 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 old school stuff out the window just threw it all out so it just started from scratch again to where you have a seven layer system going from your underwear you know your base layer to uh the layer seven which is like the big puffy arctic stuff
0: oh yeah the marshmallow suit static
1: stuff yeah the marshmallow suit yeah that's yeah yeah, that's what they they called it
0: never had to wear that thing but it's big it's it's uh
1: it's warm i'll just put it that way
0: I mean, I, I had one, never took it out of the bag. Brand new, just kept it in the bag, kept it in my locker, never had to use it. Because for us, even though we're I'm up north, it gets cold. For us, we never trained during the winter. Uh, we did admin stuff during the winter, and we just never needed it. Waffle top usually covered it. At worst, we'd wear a fleece, but infantry, they don't really like the fleece too much. Um, and there's always the controversy, does a fleece go on the outside, does a fleece go on the inside?
1: right (laughs) Uh, yeah that's that's a that's
0: a whole nother discussion on its own yeah i'm I'm pretty sure it goes on the outside i'm pretty sure someone actually found an actual outer lighter yeah that it's an outer and it makes sense too because if it's an inner well i don't know we're not gonna get into it doesn't matter but yeah yeah it it, it gets weird because if it gets wet it's useless but not supposed to wear it when it's wet i don't know um but yeah the it's funny that when you brought that up because that's all i could think about because personally you know, people will talk about, oh, it's the lowest bidder, or blah, 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 all that crap. Um, but it's not. The ECW oh whatever. The, the cold weather gear is amazing. Uh, our new, our sleeping gear is amazing. The modular sleep system. Uh, that, yeah, I think, modular yeah.
1: sleep system, yeah. Amazing. Bye.
0: Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah, where I work at Tenere, we have our own, you know, our own version of the MSS. And uh, which we're working on, you know, getting that out. And it's a multi-part. We have a four-part and a seven-part system. Ooh. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's very extensive. I'm still, me being in the sales department, you know, I'm still, you know, looking into that whole thing. I wasn't really familiar with the sleep systems before. Mostly I worked on the line job where, you know, we made the, the uh, jackets and trousers and stuff, you know, for the, the cold weather gear.
0: Yeah. That We're and the woobie. It's, so. it's I mean, pretty much all you need is a waffle top, a wet weather top, uh, maybe wet weather bottom bottoms, but eh. And then a whoopee and you're pretty much covered out in the field. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a poncho, Definitely. and, and yeah. I do call them whoobies. I don't care what the Marines say. I call them, we call them whoobies in the Army, and uh, wherever that came from, you know who knows. But yeah, so that's uh, that's that's something that that's really fascinating. Because again, like I said, I, I, I that's a system that I think I, you look back. Um, I, I got a pair of like 1980s issue, but it was the green wet weather top and bottom. That really crappy rubber damn thing ripped when I was like picking it out of the original packaging it just ripped right down a seam and i was like oh this is great and i it's when i did that that post on the guys in desert storm wearing it well desert shield technically wearing it and stuff for training purposes and stuff and because people always had questions on that i finally found something that detailed why it was worn that way and i'm like oh man i can't imagine even fighting in this because not only is it did it rip on me it's it was loud as hell it just made so much noise you're in a you're in a foxhole and you're it's raining, and you're wearing that thing. All oh, the enemy knows where you are because yeah, you, just just, you just move an, an arm. Yeah, you're yeah. you're done. And I was like, this sucks. And,
1: and that that brings us up something that pops in my mind. That it, this could be a whole another discussion on its own again. But Velcro, the the practicality of Velcro with military uniforms and gear. Yeah, that you can but, buttons you, are superior. Argue, yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. I, I think Velcro's stupid. Velcro's stupid but it's used on everything. Um, so, uh, yeah. You're preaching I, to the I choir agree.
0: on that one. I can tell you a lot of guys don't like the Velcro because it, it makes noise, so you can't do anything with and,
1: it. And, and what's the... And, for example, like, the, the combat uniforms, like... I mean, do you need... Do you really need Velcro on your sleeves to change? Like, how often
0: are you changing out, you know? Hey, that's that's uh, very convenient. When we did our... I actually changed patches three times when I was in. Oh, uh,
1: Okay. But uh, so okay,
0: <laughs> but that was just because for some reason my unit went from being and it sucked too because we were Yankee Division for the first couple years that I was in, which has a crap ton nice. of history yeah. behind it. It's I love the Yankee Division, and then we went to what we called the Wonder Woman Shield because I it it was a new unit, it was a new shield, it was a new patch and everything. It was just like red, white, blue, just a shield thing, and then we eventually went back. Uh, we went to the 44th, which at least that has history going back to World War II. Uh, But that's a New Jersey Guard unit, because my unit, for some reason, ended up falling under control of the New Jersey Guard uh, in terms of, like, brigade structure. It gets really weird. Um, We did a a lot of our trading in New Jersey, because Fort Dix has the best ranges for us as far as in that region. Um, Wow, okay. So, but, yeah, it's funny, because we we all, you know, A, you get Velcro dirty, oh, my God, it does not come out. You get sand, dirt, anything in that, it's just stuck. It
1: It wears out. Yeah. It wears out after a while.
0: You can't do anything with it. Our The old ACUs with the flip-up top, it had the Velcro, and you flipped it up and stuff, yep. and you had a pocket. Um, you, the minute you open that, it was just Velcro noise. you know. So you couldn't open it whenever.
1: Think behind me here, I actually have a... Uh, combat shirt. A, yeah, combat shirt. I got yep. this at a thrift store for like $5. And finally, I mean, Velcro, it's on that side, and then I believe this side... Well, it has a zipper pocket. This- yeah,
0: so that's like... So that actually... That's yeah. exactly how the new OCP ACUs are. And yes, oh, they and are ACUs. got the uh, IR yeah, tab. The friend tab, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly so. how it is on the, the modern issue. And and the, I will say, I'm not a fan of the zipper either. Because the zipper... You have to pull the sleeve down to get the zipper... The zip, zipper, zipper gets stuck.
1: Right, it'll get bunched up, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: and it's just like... All right, Natick, come on, man. What what are you doing over there, Nate? Let's get this ball ruined. Because, like it's one of those weird things where we were all excited to get the new uniforms because I'm sorry, but UCP sucked. You know, like
1: yeah, I think, I, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty <laughs> universal that UP.
0: Sucked. Yeah. UCP yeah. Sucked. Universal. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I could see it in some instances being good, but like when we switched and slowly, uh, and the thing that sucked for us was that, uh, National Guard, even though my unit was well-funded and we got good stuff, the money went to stuff like we got new, we got the 50 cal upgrades. We got the M2A1. We got, the three twenty grenade launchers, we got rid of our two oh threes long before I got there. And we had two forty. So the lemans. transition
1: the transition period for yeah, National Guard versus active duty. Yeah, that, you know, that, that's a, that's a been We spent we spent
0: our budget on Crow's uh remote weapon systems uh for the Humvees and yeah, we still use Humvees and on nice. the weapon systems themselves. Instead of buying like you know, we didn't get body armor, we just had our, our flicks or F L C or whatever you want to call it. We call it Flicks. Um but it was always in UCP. So our rocks were in UCP. Our Flicks, our helmet covers were in UCP. Some guys and got UCP. got the multicam uh, helmet covers, so they kind of looked better. Some guys got the new OCP helmet cam. So we had this like mixed matched like some guys were UCP, some guy, and then because UCP had a cutoff date for a while, there there was just some guys are like, I'm not wearing my new uniforms. <laughs> They're just like, I'm just gonna wear my old ones till they fall apart. And I'm we're like, out, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and, and then. I- yeah, yeah, it was just bad.
1: <laughs> Anybody that knows anything about that is yeah the 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 active versus you know national guard the transition period as far like with uniforms is a good example uniforms and gear and it, throughout history particularly yep. you know the 21st century or 21st century the 20th century now I mean you can really see it like for example uh, during the Vietnam War uh, era you know the 1960s. Um, even though that, uh, su- for example, subdued insignia—you know, the tapes and uh, and uh, shoulder sleeve insignias—you know, that stuff. Uh, you know, they implemented the date where that stuff's supposed to be subdued, but you know, you still had the National Guard guys back home, or you know, stateside guys still, you know, wearing the the uh, full colored, color, yeah, yeah, full color tapes and stuff, and the older uh, uniforms. So, uh, and some older gear and weapons, obviously. Like the M1 rifle, that thing was used what, like the seventies in yeah. National Guard uh, inventories, as as far as I as far as I've read, you know. For example, so uh, uh, I mean, that's just how the the ball rolls on that. I guess is the best way to put it.
0: You know? Yeah, and it it's funny that you say that too because I was just you know what was the army thinking with the colored everything? I I don't understand the ranks and in the that, uniform, all that in, stuff. In,
1: In the 1950s, the U.S. Army, uh, you know, with the advancement of nuclear weapons and stuff, priority was slowly going away from the Army as everything was going more towards the Air Force, you know, as far as nuclear capabilities were concerned, because the military thought at that time that wars would just be fought with nuclear weapons. You know, that's just what they they anticipated. So there was not as much focus with the Army. They wanted a more professional uh you know, a more professional look, I guess. You know, a spit and shine. Yeah, you know, look. I can see. And that, yeah. um and that led to things not things being implemented that weren't so practical, you know, like the the colored name tapes, for example. I know um, you
0: could probably black, get black on it white? Yeah. Ugh.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the gold on black, you know, U.S. Army, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was just looks, bad. <laughs> it looks, don't get me wrong, it looks cool.
0: Yeah, gold yeah, on black, Army's hard. colors, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. But yeah. as far as, like, a practical purpose, yeah, it sucks. And you could say that about the, uh, just another small thing is the, uh, something as simple as your cap, you know, your field cap. Uh, the Army, they had the Kepi-style uh, Ridgeway caps that they used yep. from, I really want to say the end towards the end of the Korean war till, you know, the early sixties when it was replaced by the not so favorable hot weather field cap, you know, the OG one Oh six. Yeah. The more baseball cap look. Yeah. Me. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they just didn't think it was a professional looking hat, you know, just a baseball hat, but but when they implemented, you know, they thought this would be a more practical hat than the the patrol, you know, Kippy style. So that is just something, uh, just an example, I guess. You know, just why things get
0: changed. Well, the army's always had a problem with, like I said, with the beret. Even the modern PC, the patrol cap. Not really a big fan of it. I kind of wish boonies would take over, but I just, I, boonies can look bad, but boonies are just more practical. as Practical, a, yeah, because they give you coverage.
1: They, right, they, and that's where they found their practicalness in Vietnam. You know, exactly like yeah. used in Vietnam because it was a more practical hat than the baseball cap.
0: Yeah, and and the patrol cap like uh, it's just, I mean like the the hat that's that's right here. That's one of those uh, cold weather patrol caps from like the eighties. Okay. Actually, my dad's hat. It's got the earmuffs. It's got the like the felt yeah. line, and you, you have, pull it down. Yeah, you
1: have the cold. You have the cold weather version that has the ear flaps that fold down. Then you yeah. have the hot weather version that's usually made of like a rip stop or something. But I don't think those came around till later.
0: Yeah, and it's just like cool concept. Functionally though kind of weird yeah i mean it's it's warm i'll give it that but it's kind of uncomfortable to wear wear over time and stuff and i'm not really sure if they were thinking that through
1: well myself not ever being a member of the army or anything like that but uh i've from what i've seen is there's a wall and there's people that (laughs) as far as uniforms and gear go it's sharpness and you know how it looks the appearance versus practicality yeah. And, and these these two things just like butt heads as far as things go. Oh, I'm, that's for sure. I'm saying.
0: I mean the U C P like, is a perfect example of that. I think they were thinking this looks like a modern professional military. And
1: yeah, this is twenty first century, you know. We're so cyber. ahead of the game.
0: Everyone's gonna do uh, this.
1: I mean it might just be me, but like like Modern Warfare Two, for example, that just what sold it to me. I was like, "Man, UCP, this is cool, man! Oh yeah, you know, this is yeah. yeah, this is the modern, you know, this is the modern army, you know, kind of thing." And then later on, I was like, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, "That was a terrible camouflage pattern. Like, the whole point of camouflage is to give you some kind of at least." concealment and you're not going to get concealment with that in most environments so oh my uh,
0: god you should have seen when we trained we were out in the the woods and stuff the forest and it was just like uh, there's a bunch of gray dudes just hanging around and stuff it's like all right they're going to be setting up an ambush you can't see them (laughs) right there yeah yeah, it's like just put leaves on you'll be you'll be good you know It's, it's it's
1: I've I've seen videos where people actually, you know, because I mean, you can find UCP for like basically pennies now. Oh yeah, uh, you know how you know how the whole surplus thing works, so. Oh, it's... <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, anyway, you can because my... thirty
0: years from now, like fifteen euros, going to be UCP. Is so cool, it's so UCP rare. UCP was a
1: cool, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's gonna. I've seen videos where people have actually made it a practical camouflage by just you know simply dyeing it. Yeah. You know? dying a green color and it actually makes a pretty decent, you know, homemade, you know, camouflage.
0: It makes sense too, because it's based on Cadpat, which is just, you know, I mean the whole digital line for both MarPat and a uh, UCP was based on CADPAT, And I'm not gonna give the Canadians the uh, any sort of credit on this because text existed in the 80s so or the late 70s. Um we we actually experimented with dual text as a uniform pattern. And it never went anywhere. Dual text was like not even close to modern digital. It was very blocky, very, very, uh, the pattern was a lot, a lot worse than it is. Um, it wasn't as figured out and stuff. But everyone will always say that. It drives me nuts. That's why I had to say, because people go, Catpad, Canadians did it first. I'm like, eh, dual text exists. But yeah. yeah. And that's
1: get... like with the, ER, with the ERDL. You know, it was yes. developed in like 1948, and yep. it wasn't used until Vietnam, 20 something years later. And going, you know, going back to another, you know, back to the 107s, you know, uh, the RDL saw, you know, use, late war use, you know, with the Army and the Marines in particular. Before,
0: yeah, the Marines you know, liked the RDL, yeah.
1: Yeah, they did. But the Army didn't stick with it. Once the war was over, it's like, no, we're we're going back to our 107s. And then, yeah. Then, about a 10-year span, then you have this thing called M81, Woodway. Ooh, the you know, glorious all, M81. Water, all, yes, yeah, all-time... <laughs> For the longest time, when I was younger, you know, I, I just thought, man, this is just like a cliche package, you know, commercial, copied it, you know. It
0: definitely became the cliche woodland, like, yeah, it camouflage, did. But, yeah.
1: But slowly through my uh, reenacting
0: and collecting
1: obsession, it's like, you know, I've come to appreciate it, the M81, just how a classic and awesome pattern it is. As far as effectiveness, I, I don't know. I mean, um,
0: it is it is effective. The problem for M81 is, is uh, through night scopes, through night vision. It loses its effectiveness at night because it just, it's the material, the material choice, the color choice. I don't know how it works because I'm not an expert in uniform camouflage development, but something to go along with that. That's why UCP was chosen partially was because of its effectiveness underneath night uh, optics. And we were thinking, oh, near peer, And then we went and invaded Iraq. So that went out the window. But like, yeah. that was the planning i guess um at least that's what that's what they say whether or not that's true or not i mean these decisions especially in the early 2000s decisions being made were like Um, very questionable
1: yeah very questionable very questionable Um, a a, a lot of hokey stuff happened around that time and now people now just now people are scratching their heads about it like why did this happen
0: yeah i mean you know it's the it's i always tell you know it's funny because uh uh, when people talk to me about like they ask me about military budgets and stuff, and I'm like, you know, you can cut the military budget. We're not gonna get into politics, but I just it's a side thing. Well, you can cut the military budget, but all it does is it just cuts funding to the troops. They never actually cut any big programs. You cut the military budget, F thirty five still get made. And I don't have personally have a problem with the F thirty five. Um, uh, but from my all understanding it's it yeah, it's a lot of money. But from my understanding it is a good a good fighter, but we'll see. Um
1: I mean, I will tell with something like that. Because
0: people will be like, oh, you got to keep, you know, F-15s were so great. You can't keep flying F-15s. And they're they're not that cheap to make.
1: What was it, like the 70s when the F- F-15 was introduced? How how long has that been, like 50 years ago?
0: Yeah, and like we've had issues ago? where Air National Guard F-15s have fallen out of the sky. because, And it's the same thing with Blackhawks, where Blackhawks are getting to the point where their airframes are the same ones built in the oh. 80s. And they're starting to have stress fractures and fatigue on the airframe. And So it,
1: it gets to, it gets to a certain point that you have, you have to, to move upgrade. on. Yeah,
0: yeah, you and, have to upgrade. And it, and it's fair. Uh, and and I get you know I think people get an attachment and stuff. Like I personally, I love the Huey. I think most people do. The Huey is a great aircraft yeah. for the time, but it, it fell behind in the curve. You know that's why you have stuff like the Twin Huey, the Super Huey, um, and and they're different airframes. I mean they're not they're the same lineage, I guess. But the the Twin Huey, uh, the UH-1N. That the Marines used up until recently, and they've replaced it with the what is it, the Venom? Um, oh, I could. <laughs> but yeah, that it's it's a new airframe. You know, it's it's you have to keep refreshing this stuff. Otherwise, you know, these things start to. I mean, there's exceptions to, to that rule. Abrams, we basically have an infinite number of Abrams sitting in stock somewhere because much, we, yeah. we yeah we built like four thousand of the original Abrams, and they didn't they. They have a different turret, so they wouldn't need new turrets, but they basically just need to be upgraded to become the newer standard. Uh, it would be a lot of money probably to do that, Are but they, they do exist. Upgra-
1: Are they eventually upgrading to A3 version? I'm, uh, I'm we'll seeing, see. I've some. Yeah, I've seen some stuff getting tossed around about that, whether there's going to be an A3 version or not.
0: Well, it's kind of like I feel like uh, the army went the the Windows, even know, Microsoft's already thrown this out, but they went the Windows ten route, where Windows ten was supposed to be the end all be all Windows program. To everything, or, yeah, yeah, and then they're like, we never, we're just going to keep upgrading and upgrading, and they're like, oh wait, by the way, we're coming out Windows eleven, so uh, that plan yeah. got scrapped. But the army kind of is doing that because they're like, all right, we got the M one A two, okay, step one, step two, step three, now step four. When's the A three coming? Ah, eh, we'll see. And it gets we'll to see. a point yeah. to where from what I can tell, they're just going to scrap the whole line and just go with a new tank. They already have a development just a, all, plan. Just a, all
1: an altogether new new platform.
0: Yeah, and it's probably going to be... I, if I remember correctly, I think it was the 2040s is what they're aiming for, because at the moment, all the places. Abrams does a good enough job that they think... I mean, we're still flying B-52s, so I mean...
1: And they're scheduled to fly to, what, the 2040s?
0: Yeah, potentially long. I think that's crazy. I think it's crazy yeah, it, that it, multiple generations... That's like your great grandfather could be flying one, and then and, yeah.
1: and aircraft, yeah, aircraft design, and probably which obviously you know they do retrofits and rehauls or you know overhauls of aircraft, but you know a platform from the nineteen fifties is yeah. still being used today. You know it's insane to think about it like that.
0: And we would have a ton of them if we didn't go to war with Vietnam. I mean, we lost so many in Vietnam. We I don't think we've built a new B fifty two since I think the sixties. Since so.
1: since the sixties, yeah, yeah. I don't so think there's like, any new airframes built since then.
0: And it's crazy to Whatever think that the b fifty two was more close air support than it was actually bombing uh the north during Vietnam I always find that fact to be interesting I just yeah, can't imagine yeah. I can't imagine it's it's wild yeah it's 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 wild but yeah you know it we've completely gone way off, but I think that's fine because I think that's interesting <laughs> uh I think that's fun um yeah
1: i I'll, I'll try to I'll try to keep it on topic for you
0: but <laughs> Hey, you could always come back on and we can just blabber longer. I, you got, we're basically the same person. I've just realized that we could probably talk on this for like six hours. And, um,
1: I'm, I'm sure nobody would want to go through six hours of us going on about
0: this. Be, hey, people listen to Joe Rogan and he does like three hour long podcasts.
1: Good point. Good All right.
0: point. Fair enough. I'm not yeah. Joe Rogan. So, I mean, you know, but I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, so. I think we are going to end it though. Cause we were at 53 minutes and I think that's, wow. It's been going on that long. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. We've been, yeah, we've been doing good. We're in my, my, where I like to aim for it for length. So, um, it was awesome. a, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. Like this has been a really fun yeah. conversation like
1: yeah i appreciate it man it's 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 been pretty good i I don't get to talk to a lot of people about this like a particular subject matter like this that i'm interested in when i talk to anybody else about it like it's just base level or they don't know anything so i have to explain it to them so it's it's good to talk to somebody that has at least some kind of understanding of how these things work so yeah
0: yeah yeah like i said and and you were i like we talked about this before but you were top of my list of guests to have on because you know i again i can't say it enough i think your instagram should be more popular than it is it it's kind of
1: i'm honestly i'm happy where i'm at it's as long as there's somebody out there that enjoys it um i'm just glad to be a part of it And it's not just me it's a community of people um uh, people put a lot of work and dedication into that's something that's considered a hobby and uh, i appreciate the a lot and i like being a part of something like that that people uh, people have a lot of joy in doing so.
0: Um, yeah, for but, all the negatives that our community, the, the communities, I should say, because it kind of spans multiple communities, it, there there is something about it that I think just it's a draw to to do it. it. It's fun. It's interesting. You get the history. You get the people. You can you can toss ideas around, and and if you don't know something, you can ask a question, and someone will probably have an answer. And and there's so many different things happening at once that you're able to like just I don't know. It's just it's 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 so much. It, it's their community is good for the most part, and I think that's important. for the
1: most but. For the most part, like you, you always have your bad, your bad eggs, but for for the most part, it's something I really enjoy doing. So, um,
0: yeah, it's awesome, and I'm glad you're doing it because, like I said, you bring a, you bring a really good uh perspective on on things because your you, your impressions, your reenacting, I, it's really good.
1: I, I just I just see something, and it's a rabbit hole. I focus on it till I, I just I get it done. I I can't explain it. Um, there's so much more I could say about it, but like you said, you know, I went on long enough about this thing, but, uh... Like I
0: said, uh, you I can really, always come back on again.
1: I can always come back.
0: That, yeah. That
1: is true. I can always come back. Or
0: we can turn this into a separate show. I'm fine with that, too. I'm, I'm good
1: for anything. Honestly, I, well, I've we'll, had a lot of fun doing this.
0: We'll see, because I, I thought about that a second ago. I'm like, that's not a bad idea. It's a completely separate show talking about stuff completely different, because I think that... Yeah, could be right,
1: right, thing. Right. we, we just... I'm sure you had. I'm, I'm sure you had. A, you know, topics to go by. But like, you get me started on a tangent. Like, you know, we can talk about a certain thing for forever. Like, I can go on about stuff forever. That's how obsessed I am with this stuff.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. You're, you're telling me. I, it's a problem. Um, but all right. So, uh, anyone who wants to find you? Where do they find you?
1: The GI Jones. Uh, the underscore gi jones on instagram and i will
0: link it in the description on youtube and i don't know how well links work on the podcast formats but i'll link it so people can find it um and i think that's it so like i said thanks for coming on man this has been extremely fun good conversation
1: yeah thanks for for having me on man it's been a lot of fun
0: uh with that we'll say goodbye all right man